0: EO Fire, 1,095.
1: Put your effort, focus, and energy into your dreams. You really can make a dream come true.
0: Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Are you subscribed to our Fire Nation newsletter? Why the heck not? Text EO Fire to 33444. That's EO FIRE, all one word, no spaces, to 33444, and you'll receive value bombs galore. Ignite. If you want 100% satisfaction guarantee, then go to LegalZoom.com today. Since they're not a law firm, you can get advice from LegalZoom's network of independent attorneys in most states. LegalZoom.com, promo code FIRE. Looking to set up payments for your business Braintree gives your app or website a payment solution that accepts just about every payment method with one simple integration to learn more visit braintreepayments.com slash fire fire nation the countdown has commenced john lee doom is here and i am fired up to bring you our featured guest today rich franklin rich are you prepared to ignite yeah let's do this rich has competed in the ufc for nearly 12 years and is one of the sport's most recognizable faces since putting his career on hold he's joined the singapore-based mixed martial arts organization one championship all right rich let's break it down here fill in some gaps in that intro and give us a little glimpse into your personal life
1: let me start with the personal life from the the business side of things. What I have going on, because a lot of people ask, since I haven't been in the cage for some time, you know what's going on in your life. I after after my last fight, I uh, spent a little bit of time kind of trying to figure out what I was going to parlay into, and uh, and had a couple different endeavors that I did. I had opened up at one point in time uh, an organic juice and kind of pastry cafe out in uh, Beverly Hills area in California, and then I was offered a job from the Singaporean based Mixed Martial Arts Company won championship, which is uh, Asia's largest sports media, Asia's largest Asian owned sports media property. And uh, so I took a job with them. I work on that side of the planet. I, I'm I'm still a Cincinnati based guy, but I do frequent travels over to Asia and come back uh, to the States. And, and that's, I spend a good portion of my time doing that. Amongst Working for that company, obviously being an athlete, I built a brand in my own name. So I spend a significant amount of time uh, maintaining my personal brand with public speaking engagements and uh, uh, different kind of like you know uh, representation for different products, like the Armor Gel product that I work with and whatnot. So I'm just I'm one of those guys. I kind of I kind of view my brand personally. I stay true to my brand and what my what my what my brand theme is, is the Rich Franklin brand. But uh, my approach to the way that I do my business is much like somebody's retirement portfolio in the in the sense that I don't put all my eggs in one basket. I'm, I'm definitely diversified and all over the grid with things.
0: With all these things you do have going on, you mentioned the word diversify, which is really important for entrepreneurs on a lot of levels, especially the revenue side. What are your different revenue streams today? How do you bring dollars in Rich Franklin's door?
1: The organization that I work for, uh, One Championship, they are probably the biggest portion of my revenue at this point in time. Uh, And and I'm a VP for that organization. I wish I could give you a a concise job description of what I do, but I handle so many different things, anything from business development for them looking to go into new territories. We are Singapore-based. Southeast Asia is our... Our it's the hub where we operate. We've been operating the longest. Like those, those are definitely our key markets. But we we are slowly have expanded to other markets. Last year was the first year that we went into China. We did a show in Beijing. We we're actually the first international organization to ever do a show on Chinese mainland soil. Oh, wow. um, we've done shows in in Dubai and Taiwan. We've expanded to even smaller markets like the other normal. Normally, you wouldn't see other businesses go to places like Cambodia and Myanmar, and so. I On the business development side with them, I work on expanding to other territories, but I do other things like athlete services. I do corporate speakings for them with partners that we develop relationships with and a bit on the, I guess, uh, production side of things, a bit of like commentating for the shows. And so I handle a lot of stuff for that organization. Uh, But on my own personal side of things, uh, I do a bit of public speaking. And uh, I was actually – I was just in San Diego yesterday That's right. uh, speaking speaking at uh, a summit for the automotive industry for an organization called Dealer Socket. Um, <clears throat> so I do a, a bit of that, but I also brand represent – like I'm representing a brand – called armor gel, which is a silver based gel. I can get into talking about that later if you want to know more about that, but it's basically a silver based gel that's for cuts and lacerations and burns and things like that. And it also has the reason why I got involved into that. And it, and it sounds like I'm so diversified really uh, with something like this armor gel brand. But the reason why I got involved in something like that is because this particular product has been um, clinically shown to be very effective against things like staph and ringworm. And as a fighter, that's really, really important to me because one of the things I do for one championship, when we go into new markets, is uh, teach like seminars. And there are times where I go into a gym, for example, and the mats in the gym they look kind of suspect. Like, uh, when were the last time? When was the last time those mats were cleaned? Mm. And so, a product like this Armor Gel, and I came across these people um, here actually in L.A. At, at, a, at a Natural Food Expo. But this Armor Gel product that I work with is very applicable to what I do in. My particular industry. So while it, it seems like I'm very diversified, you'll see that my brand, the brand that, that started, I guess the Rich Franklin brand that started as a professional athlete, although it may seem at times like I'm um, all over the board with things, it really focuses into one central kind of pipeline of, of that focal point.
0: Fire Nation, this shows the power of being best in niche. I mean, when you are just willing to say, Hey, I am going to dominate this niche. I'm going to go down until I absolutely am the most recognizable face in this industry as Rich has done within UFC opportunities are going to come at you. So that's why you can't be afraid to just become that dominant factor in there. And there's a great image, Rich, that I found of you at Google Images, and you're you're in your boxing pose, and your hands are wrapped up, and they're on fire. And it goes so well with my brand. I just had to use that one. So Fire Nation, go check out the show notes page. You'll get a kick out of that image. And this next thing that I want to talk about, Rich, is your worst entrepreneurial moment and a lot of people are like okay this is rich franklin you know ufc for 12 years most recognizable face in ufc all this stuff they probably have some assumptions about what this worst moment's going to be but they would be wrong so rich take us to that moment in time tell us your worst entrepreneurial moment
1: listen i've had worst moments but we're talking about the worst entrepreneurial moment. so I, i start thinking of like business opportunities because it's interesting when um Sometimes when I speak publicly to people and I'll be in a corporate setting and uh and I talk about just like another day at the office. Well another day at the office to me is a Tuesday afternoon when I'm getting punched in the face. <laughs> so when you're when you're in a corporate boardroom talking about that kind of stuff, the executives can look at you like, hmm? Huh? Yeah. that doesn't quite make sense. <laughs> but <clears throat> I think John, I think the worst entrepreneur moment I had was I had opened up a cafe out here in Beverly Hills. It was a uh, an organic kind of uh, pastry, like an like a organic pastry and juice cafe. And um, juicing, if, especially if you're on the West Coast, juicing is a very hot kind huge. of – Yeah, it's, it's a huge market right now. And I thought that it was a good parlay for me because as an athlete, I'm known for my work ethic and not just my work ethic like in the cage or what I do physically in the gym, but I'm also known for my work ethic with my nutrition. And I'm, I, so I thought – What I thought as a businessman is that being passionate about things like working out and nutrition would translate into owning an organic, juicing kind of cafe slash restaurant, so to speak. And what what I found out is that being passionate about something like nutrition and owning a restaurant are two completely different things. Uh, one doesn't necessarily translate into the other. And what I found was it wasn't so much that my business wasn't a success. I ended up, actually, I ended up selling my cafe because I took this job. I had a much better job opportunity with one championship in Singapore. But what I found out was that in opening this cafe, I can be passionate about nutrition all I want, but I'm really doing things that are not, that are that are not kind of uh, congruent with my brand. I'm working as a restaurant manager. There was a day, for example, when my manager, his car broke down and nobody was there to open up my store. So I, I had to go in my store and literally work my store. And when you're the the, the investor of the store or the kind of the mastermind behind it, uh, you don't really understand how the business works on the day in and day out stuff. And I'm, I'm doing so many other things like point of sale systems and, and, uh, and, and marketing and all these kinds of things that I really am not an expert in. And I found that – what I found was that when you try to basically take a brand that you've created and and extend it so much into something that seems like it's related, it it just – it doesn't necessarily always work. And on a daily basis, what I found is I was just doing work that I just didn't love to do. I didn't love running a restaurant. I love the – I love nutrition and I love the idea of – you know, people coming into my restaurant and talking to them about healthier foods and, and you know, so and like health remedies for different ailments and sicknesses and, and different stuff like that. But just the, the the nuts and bolts of running a restaurant was not something that I was into. And I, and given the opportunity to, again, I do not believe I would ever get back into the food industry to run a restaurant.
0: I wish that somebody had handed you the book E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber before you started that venture. That book, Fire Nation does such a great job of just breaking exactly down what Rich just shared. You know, the there's a story of a baker who opens a bakery and hates it. And then he started to hate baking because that was just, he was not meant to run a bakery. He was meant to make the perfect loaf of bread. And then a carpenter who opened up a furniture store and he was no longer making his perfect rocking chairs. You know, he was adding up sales and figures and paying out staff. I mean, it it turned out into disasters in all these cases and the E-Myth Revisited really breaks this down powerfully. So definitely check that out Fire Nation if you're going down that road and Rich, what would be one lesson that you would want our listeners to really get from that really trying time in your entrepreneurial journey?
1: I grew up in the Midwest, in Cincinnati, graduated from uh, the University of Cincinnati, and I taught high school mathematics. That was my That's my education. I got my undergrad and my graduate degree from the University of Cincinnati. I have an undergrad in uh, math and also an undergrad in education, and then I, I finished my graduate degree in secondary education. And I was teaching high school mathematics, and I had n- not only a passion for martial arts, and it was m- my hobby. It was the hobby that I spent all my time doing. Uh, and at one point in time, in my my teaching, at some point in time, in my teaching teaching career, I basically got to a point where I decided, like, hey, I can quit teaching and pursue. Uh, a career in mixed martial arts as a full time thing, which is what I did and so I frequently get asked the question like How do you go from being a teacher to a fighter because these things are just basically in most people 's minds mutually exclusive now I could talk for hours about how um, you could take any kind of career and find some uh, find some commonalities between that and fighting with just simple things like perseverance and and motivation and dedication and all those kinds of things. But for all intents and purposes, these things were just pretty much mutually exclusive. And then when I was done fighting, I thought like, Hmm, okay. I I've, I have one fight left on my, my, uh, contract i'm not sure if i'm going to fight again and i need to find something to do and initially my mindset was well maybe i'll just switch gears like i did when i was done teaching and what i had done what i realized i'd done is that i had invested so many years in a particular industry um, and built a brand within myself and thought that i could just take that brand and place it for example like in the in the food industry and that it would just parlay and, and continue taking off and having success. And what I've realized is that when you try to do something like that and completely switch gears again, especially have you t- after you have time vested into something, uh, you realize, one, that it, it doesn't just necessarily take off. Like you're now the bottom man on the totem pole once again, and you have to rebuild yourself within that new industry. And two, you don't necessarily have the experience to just suddenly be successful in another industry uh, particularly in this case, the food industry. And so what I found was when I was opening my, my restaurant, everything that I did, like there were many, many mistakes that I made. And I realized that if I had a tremendous amount of experience in the restaurant industry, I could have saved myself when opening my first cafe, I could have saved myself a bunch of time and money by not making the mistakes that I made because I would have known how to like navigate through the city and get my permits properly. And, Just from every detail of opening that, that restaurant up. And so in making all those mistakes, I realized like, look, I'm behind the curve of the people who really know how to do these kinds of things. And, uh, and I I can't let my arrogance from the success I had in one industry trickle over into me trying to make some sort of splash into another industry.
0: Invest in experience, Fire Nation. Find those people who have been there and done that and invest in that experience is priceless. And Rich, you've had a lot of great ideas in your life and a lot of really good opportunities have been offered and have come your way. But I want you to tell us one story of one aha moment, one epiphany that you've had at some point in your journey. And again, really take us there and tell us that story.
1: The biggest aha moment that I had was the night that I lost my title. And I, actually, I did a Ted talk on losing. How to be a loser was the oh. title of my Ted talk. It's a great Ted talk. Um, yeah. Did that sound arrogant? Or no, stupid? no, it just sounded it?
0: like you know that it's a great talk. And Fire yeah. Nation, guess what? We're gonna link it up in the show notes, so check it out.
1: It's a good Ted talk. What I meant when I said that was, it's a great <laughs> Ted talk in the sense that, let me let me step back in, into the humble sphere that I normally live in. It's a great Ted talk in the sense that when people see a, a title like How to Be a Loser, um, You you know, in growing up as a kid, like, nobody wants, everybody tells you, like, don't be a sore loser. And so the speech is not about being a sore loser, but it's basically the talk, the TED talk is about taking loss and learning, like, understanding how to learn from that loss, to basically extract the information that you can from the loss, utilize that information and move forward. And I think for me, the biggest aha moment was the night that I lost my title. Um, because I, I was fighting in Vegas and, and the fight was at the Mandalay Bay. Of course, it's a sold out arena. And, uh, and uh, I ended up losing losing my belt that night. It was the first night that my mother had ever come to see me fight live nice. in, in a major event. And, and not only did I lose, but I lost badly that night and i just remember going back to my hotel room and sitting in this hotel room um, a couple of my coaches were there and i sat at at the window of my hotel room in las vegas at the mandalay bay looking out the window and staring down at the uh, at the i15 just watching the traffic go by and asking myself like how how could this possibly happen like how did how did this happen to me because to that point in time like losing to me although i had I'd, I'd lost one other fight in my career but losing to me was just so far removed from my head the possibility of failure the possibility of loss and i sat staring at the i15 just completely speechless and and, in a room of silence. And at one point in time, I think one time during the night, my coach walked in and asked me, like, hey, you doing okay? You need anything? And there's nothing that anybody can do for you in those moments other than just let you sit in your thought. It was almost as devastating to me as, as the time I lost my father, like when my father passed away. That's how... That's how significant this, this moment was in my life. And I sat there the entire night through that darkness, watching traffic on the I-15 and slowly the sun came up and I was still just sitting there watching traffic on I-15 with the the question running through my head, how did this happen? How did this happen? And obviously you're not going to come to an answer. And, you know, I realized like oftentimes, basically like anytime you experience some significant failure or setback, or you've made some sort of mistake in life, like what, wh- what you've what you've really done is you've either you've either overestimated your ability in a particular situation, you've completely underestimated the situation itself, or it's it's a combination of those two things typically. And and I found that uh that, that was that was a combination of those two things. I had grossly overestimated my ability and underestimated my opponent. And I learned that from that mistake so that moving forward, the big aha moment was that moving forward, anytime I made another mistake, um, I, I realized like this is what I've done. I've either, I've either overestimated my ability or underestimated my ability or underestimated the situation or a combination of those two things. But that aha moment for me really, really kept me from making a lot of mistakes in the future. Um, and I'm not saying that it eliminated all of them, but it it kept me from making a lot of, a lot of mistakes that I think I otherwise would have made had I not learned that lesson from losing that fight.
0: So Rich, you've learned a lot of lessons in your life. You've had a lot of great ideas, some of which you've acted upon, some of which you just haven't had the bandwidth to. I mean, we only have so much time, but of all the things that you currently have going on, what's the one thing that you are most fired up about today?
1: Honestly, I would say my job with one championship is probably the thing I'm most fired up with today. Uh, the reason why is that, I, one, I that job is a natural parlay for me from an athletic career, working as an athlete for one organization and then basically shifting to another organization and working for them as an executive. But the one thing that that job allows me to do is it it gives me the ability to – basically extend my brand into so many spheres in asia i i'm a contributor for yahoo sports in asia so i write for them um so i have a, a voice and, and a way to kind of express myself they use me for corporate speakings they use me for commentary on uh, the production shows i'll go into new markets like we went into myanmar we did a show in myanmar uh, just last month and several months before we did that show i went into myanmar and i spoke to some government officials particularly the sports industry That the sports ministry there and was basically like introducing mixed martial arts to the, the sports ministry, what the sport was about us bringing a show there and helping the sales team kind of sell them on bringing a show there. I work with athlete services. I, I was working with athletes or athletes in Myanmar, but I work with the athletes that we have contracted uh, on, on our roster, and that really that gives me the ability to do so many different things. Um, you know, like I said before, when I'm teaching seminars, I'm um, uh, using my armor gel. I've given the armor gel to the athletes when I'm over there, so, uh, because it helps with the like, cuts and lacerations. And so that job really helps tie a lot of the different things that I have going on in my life uh, together. And it's so diversified that I, I never feel stagnant working for that company. And I think that's the thing. The, the, I really feel blessed to have uh, been given a job like that at this point in my career.
0: Fire Nation, when you can really find that thing that just aligns with your passion, with your purpose, I mean, that is where true happiness and success lies. And Rich, don't go anywhere because we are about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors braintree That's code for easy mobile payments. Maybe you're working on the next Uber, Airbnb, or GitHub. If so, then why not use the same simple payment solution that's helped them get where they are today? Braintree makes mobile payments so fast, easy, and seamless, it's almost magical. Braintree not only offers a full-stack payment solution, they also bring you superior fraud protection, stellar customer service, and fast payouts. Add it to your app with just a few lines of code, and you're instantly ready to accept Apple Pay, Android Pay, PayPal, Venmo, credit cards even bitcoin and if some other way to pay comes along we'll support that too braintree's fast payouts and continuous support mean you'll always be ready whether you're earning your first dollar or your billionth see fewer abandoned cards and more sales with braintree's best-in-class mobile checkout experience to check it out for yourself and to get your first fifty thousand dollars in transaction fees free visit braintreepayments.com fire that's braintreepayments.com fire How did the legal system get so complicated? If laws are made to protect and serve us, then why do you have to pay a lawyer by the hour to figure out how to run your own business or how to protect your own family? Thanks to LegalZoom, you don't. For more than a decade, they provided a way for normal people like you and me to confidently navigate the legal system. LegalZoom is not a law firm, and that's how they provide such great value. They don't rely on charging excessive hourly rates. If you need help with incorporation, LLCs, trademarks, last wills, living trusts, and more, start with LegalZoom. They've got the right people on hand to answer your questions, including a network of independent attorneys to provide legal advice in most states. Don't let legal hurdles become an excuse. Go to LegalZoom.com today and start building your own future right now. Don't forget to enter FIRE in the referral box to check out to save even more. That's LegalZoom.com, promo code FIRE. LegalZoom.com. Rich, are you prepared for the lightning rounds?
1: I was prepared like 10 minutes ago. Let's do this.
0: (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: You have one of two mindsets when it comes to business. Mindset number one is I'm going to graduate from school and I'm going to get myself a job making good money. And mindset number two is I'm going to graduate from school and I'm going to figure out how to make some money. And I think when I originally, when I growing up through high school and all that stuff, much like my parents and many of the people around me, my thought was go to school, get your education and get a job, find yourself a good job where you're making good money. And that was the mindset that I had up until the time that I decided to quit my job and become a teacher and or quit my job teaching and become a professional fighter. And once I was a professional fighter, initially my mindset was, well, I make money fighting. But I realized after some time that I'm actually building a brand, and that brand is going to have extension beyond my actual professional athletic career. And so my mindset kind of changed into into, okay, how do I make money? How do I use my brand to actually make money so that I'm not – I don't have a job working for a particular person necessarily or something like that. And that's the position that I'm in today. I have a job working for uh, an MMA organization based out of Asia, but I also, my brand earns me money with my public speakings and the, the many other things that I do.
0: What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: Never contradict your passions in life and stay consistent with that.
0: What is a personal habit that contributes to your success?
1: No quit attitude, always positive thinking.
0: Do you have a book that you'd recommend to our listeners? What would that be and why?
1: I just did a talk for p Chemicals Division, and they recommended The Power of Full Engagement. And I've begun reading this book by uh, Jim Lohr and Tony Schwartz. Uh, I'm about midway through the book, but the book is about um, how to not necessarily how you spend your time, but how you spend your energy.
0: Fire Nation, I know you love audio, so I teamed up with audiobooks, and if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. And Rich, this is the last question of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world that was identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge that you currently have today. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days?
1: I'm a firm believer that it takes money to make money. So if I only had seven days, I would use my laptop to find myself a fight to make a little bit more money and then use that little nest egg to start building my business.
0: Go to what you know, Fire Nation. and Rich. let's end on Fire Brother with you sharing a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: The best way you can connect with me, my Twitter is at richfranklin. Uh, my website is richfranklin.com, and it also has a, a link to my Facebook there. And uh, you can connect with me there.
0: Parting piece of guidance.
1: When I sign signatures for little kids, I always write dream big. I'll always tell adults that, like dream big. But most people think that dreams are just that. A dream is something that's intangible, like something that you experience when you're sleeping at night. But you really can, if you put your effort, focus, and energy into your dreams, you really can make a dream come true.
0: Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Rich Franklin and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Type Rich in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up with links to his Twitter, his website, his recommended book, everything we've talked about today. And Rich, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, my man, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure.
0: Fire Nation, thank you for joining us on EO Fire. Visit EOFire.com for links to everything we chatted about today, killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. Are you ready to share your voice with the world? Text podcast course to 33444 that's podcast course all one word no spaces to 33444 and you'll be rocking our free 15-day podcast course in no time flat today is your day fire nation ignite